Ready? Welcome to Justice Losers. Oh. I feel like the T has gone away. Justice Losers. Yeah, I kind of say Justice. Welcome to Justice Losers, the podcast where we talk about pop culture, media, namely movies, TVs, and comics. I'm your host, Preston, joined as always by my delightful co-host. Bad enunciation. <laughs> you know, I should probably add into, uh, into the intro the new bit of information that we belong to REM Productions. Just put it in like the the description or something like Justice Loser Jesus. Yeah, but no one reads the description. Yeah. But then... Also, the fact that I own the company, I want to say it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, that was actually completely edited. I guess we could talk about that a little yeah, bit. Yeah, let's talk about right that now. a little bit. Um, like, subscribe, tell a friend, and then oh listen, yeah, that. listen to Preston's thing that he's about to say. Uh so we we've talked about this for a while that uh, things are going to be moving and stuff like that i don't know how much we've talked about on the podcast but um way back before the uh the 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 what the fuck's this called pandemic before the pandemic we had all these plans of getting things rolling and having a lot of content released and then you know people started dying and so all of that got put on hold um and since then, things have been kind of slowly fermenting uh, and pickling in our in our brains. Mm-hmm. And now we are merely, I want to say months, away from being a full legal company. Uh, I'm not going to make I'm not going to make a whole bunch of grand plan claims. But boy, on has he got the grand grand, grand plans. Uh, do what? What has he got the grand? Oh plans. yeah, that was really hard to get out for some reason. We have we've got a meeting with everyone that's involved. Oh yeah, your mask was on. Yeah, we've got a whole we've got a meeting with everyone that's involved. Uh, the day this releases, so tomorrow for now, but today if you're listening it to it when it releases. Yep. Um, or yesterday if you're listening to it the day after it releases, or two days ago when you're listening it two days after, and so on and so forth. I'm gonna ah. end that joke. Uh, but no, um, we can make the official announcement, uh, once we've had the meeting, um, but we are about to become quality entertainment, which is our imaginary parent, parent company, parent imaginary company. There we go. Uh, is right. merging is imaginary merging with Aryan productions, Andrews film production imaginary company mm-hmm. to become one real media production company you can add two imaginary numbers and get a real number oh my god that's amazing i love that <laughs> no multiply you can add you can add imagine that'd just be two well, i two plus two i um is an imaginary number a complex number yeah Three minus two i is a complex number. You add those together, you get five. Okay, fair enough. Um, math. There's been your math education moment of the day. Yay! Sponsored by REM Productions. Yep. Uh, so yeah, no, we're gonna we're gonna do more stuff. This is going to be a big deal. Um, Preston's gonna be a corporate overlord. I'm, I'm gonna, gonna be a poor <laughs> underworked creator. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, overworked. there's a lot of. Uh, when we announce, we'll announce. Like we've got, we've got everything. We've got our mission statement, our value statement, our vision statement done. Um, we have people forming, like drawing paperwork for LLCs. Mm-hmm. Also, 
complete other other note my parents have, uh, their roof is being worked on right now so if you hear a lot of noise and we get distracted for a second it's because of that there are people banging and walking around on the roof right now There's all the time banging on the roof yeah okay um roofing companies are a little frisky uh but no so all this stuff is happening um you will begin to see hopefully we said this before the pandemic hmm. but i will totally blame the pandemic because we had schedules and we were ready to stick to them yep but then we couldn't um hopefully you'll begin to see a lot more content and yeah. uh, a big announcement and some rebranding of stuff and things like that and we're gonna stuff will start changing but what i can say with too much pride is that this podcast is the oldest property of REM Productions. Woo! Go us! Any of the stuff that we are bringing in as actual media and products, this is the oldest one. Because the second oldest is like a short film that was made about a year and a half, two years ago for Mm -hmm. Andrew's uh, school. This has been going for about three and a half years. We are the oldest property of REM Productions. Yep. And there is no sign of us stopping. People are going to start getting into REM Productions once it becomes a big thing. And they'll be like, why are there already 150 episodes yeah. of this podcast? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we, uh, we've we been going for a while. Uh, but yeah, so all that said and done, Matt, what you been up to? Not very much. Yeah, shocker. A <laughs> um, couple more episodes of Avatar The Last Airbender. Um, got through The Deserter, which... Very cool episode. I really yeah. like that one. Yeah. Um, Northern Air Temple. Also good cool episode. episode. Like that one quite a bit. And that was the, that's all the, um, well, oh, I saw a whole thing about how they incorporate elements of, I fucking, never mind. It's I totally am, like a World War II, like. Yeah. It, yeah. It's basically just a mini World War II battle scene. But um, there was, uh. There's a thing about the evolution of all the bending, and mm-hmm. that was the evolution of air bending. Evolution of water bending is blood bending, which you haven't gotten to. Right. Whoops. Ah, creepy as fuck episode. Cool concept. It's cool how they do that. Um, right. and then I realized the other bending, you've probably not come across, so I'm not gonna keep spoiling things. Right. I I said blood and was like, whoop, not far. Uh, but each of them has like an evolution in this. Mm-hmm. Um. And they're cool, but that's the airbending evolution. Yeah. Yeah, no, man, after the after the Great Divide, every episode has been good, and every episode has felt like it's got something to say. It's progressing the story. Mm-hmm. It's not just a, another, okay, their little adventure this week is yep. X, Y, Z. No, it's, it's got meaning. It's got, like, actual thematic direction. Mm-hmm. Like, um, the, the Northern Air Temple, is, it's like Aang trying to come to terms with the idea of change versus tradition. And, yeah. Like, his his traditional um sort of spiritual sanctuary has been all overturned and he's trying to like he's like no that's not right it's messing it up but then he kind of has to accept okay well it's a, it's it's good and it's the other different way and it's yeah yeah it's good stuff it even touches on if change is evil because yeah he's just like hey this is the last bit of tradition and he opens it and he's like fuck evil <laughs> yeah <laughs> literally evil no yeah it felt a little um Tolkienian almost with like the, the, the nature versus technology and technology and industry basically corrupt. Yeah. And it, it comes to more of a midpoint, I yeah. guess. A good, a it good doesn't balance. answer the theme. Right. It doesn't answer it the question. makes you ask the question exactly. if change is good or bad and it doesn't answer it. Yeah. That's good a good theme. Right there. Look at that. Woo! Go us. Call, call back to last episode. Yep. Go us. Go fucking creators of Avatar. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> 
But yeah, yep. good. Um, yeah, been watching a little more Sweet Life on Deck. Mm-hmm. Sort of peripherally. Yeah. It's good. It's funny. Yeah. It's Continuing to kind of just be a... Yeah. It's funnier than the original one because the kids are older, so you can get away with a little bit more yeah. pushing the envelope. and You can you can have them say things yes. that they would not have had the children say when they were on uh, Sweet Life. Yeah. But, yeah, it's just it's kind of a fluffy Disney Channel show. Yeah. So, yeah. Cool. Good. Fine. Yes. Anything else? That's, uh, that's really, really about it. I yeah. listened to... Um, Shvarenka's uh, second piano concerto the other day, and that was kind of a surprise. Cool. Yeah. What's the theme of that one? Um. God damn it! That's kind of the call and answer part. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> wow, you really <laughs> just started like going into that, and you were just like, "I totally could. I totally could. <laughs> I don't want to. Uh, cool. I really do, but I don't want to. Yeah. Uh, is that it? That's it. Okay. Uh, man, we are trying. I'm using all of my mental energy to fucking get past the absurd banging that's happening. That's got to be getting picked up. Probably. Um, but uh, what have I done? I've been reading Kill or Be Killed. I'm halfway through volume four. Um, I was going to say, that was quick, but like... It's also been a week. That's pretty restrained for... Yeah, oh, it is. Killed. It's Yeah, it's very, very restrained. Um, I have continued to watch Hamilton, watch or listen to Hamilton all the way through every single day, at least once a day for the past nine days i think i'm at now watch something new for once it's there's so many tiny things yeah like it's just that that's what i like about re-watching stuff is finding the new things mm-hmm. like there's just it's there's tiny moments that i genuinely enjoy first of all like one of the watch throughs i watched really focusing on burr's story mm-hmm. and that is a crushing story because that that inspired me because that's a villain villain quote-unquote villain that's a that's an antagonist who only exists because the protagonist keeps fucking him yep and that i think is a good that's a misunderstood enemy yeah. and then especially at the very end his song is literally like i'm a villain in your history books now yeah why and it's just like it makes you sad um especially adding the whole theodosius line of like his daughter and like what he's doing like mm-hmm. the duel he's just like he's going to make an orphan of my daughter and i will not let that happen yeah and it's just like I under like I don't I do understand like I yeah. I feel that like yeah. I don't understand personally but like you've made me understand and that's good. There's tiny little things like Lafayette saying I'm the Lancelot of the Revolution because his both he kind of is in American history kind of the Lancelot to Washington's yeah. King Arthur, but also he really plays that role in the first act of or in the first half of mm-hmm. hamilton where it is about the revolution and he is the lancelot so it's more it's him talking about what lancelot did in history but it's also talking about that character's role in the play mm-hmm. um there is tiny little moments like you see like uh eliza writes a letter to washington asking to send hamilton home because she knows that he's gonna fight until the war's over so that's why his whole like after the charles right. lee duel he sends hamilton home it's because of the letter right there's a scene where it's just Hamilton and Washington talking, but it up in the balcony, there was a faint light on Eliza writing that letter. Oh, it's just tiny shit like that. Also the fact that the guy who plays, uh, Philip and, uh, John Lawrence is married to the girl who plays Peggy and Maria Reynolds. And they met 
on stage uh-huh. and there's i'm i love finding the tiny moments where they're near each other on stage and he looks at her and like does something to make her smile on stage there's a point where he walks past her and you just see her look at him and like grin and then go back to like and <laughs> and cute. in the toast to the eliza and hamilton um she says uh to the uh to your union and everyone's like to your union to the revolution and like she looks and kind of gives a glare and it pans out and like and, I was, and it, that's Lawrence is standing right next to her and she's definitely glaring at her husband <laughs> <laughs> it's just tiny shit like that um that i just pick up every single t- every single time mm-hmm. i watch i pick up a new thing and also the fact that there is so much exposition and just storytelling condensed in one line like that's what he did he took all this complex story of like characters like flaws that he couldn't fit in the story but he does a little thing um washington owned slaves mm-hmm. they never address it explicitly but there's a point where eliza's telling the story at the very end when she like uh washington says he tells my story and then she goes i worked to free slaves and and behind her george washington hangs his head like looks at her like in shock and then hangs his head in shame mm-hmm purely an acting thing that you wouldn't get from listening to it it's just i i will stop watching it when i can watch it all the way through and not get a single more thing you might be watching for a while more i i'm gonna be watching it for a while it's that is what i strive to be as a creator is someone Mm -hmm. who puts so much meticulous detail into every single thing i want someone to look at ross the thing i'm the graphic novel writing and not be able to find a single thing that doesn't play a role in the story in some way. I want all of their clothes to play play a role of what's happening. I want all of their like their stances. I want every single word they say to be very specifically planned. Mm-hmm. Because to me, that's what makes that's my idea of good literature mm-hmm. is that it's hard to find things that are just chosen on at random. Mm-hmm. Everything has its everything's purpose and meaning. Purposeful to portray to, to to move the story forward or to at least reinforce the story like literally just if there's two people having a conversation or there's several people having a conversation and some of them are wearing like warm colors and some of them are wearing cool colors that is defined to their sides mm-hmm. like everyone if there's an argument everyone on one side is wearing like yellows reds and oranges and stuff and everyone on the other side is wearing blues greens and purples mm-hmm. and then there's like someone in the middle who's wearing like well i guess purples and like neutral colors mm-hmm. stuff like that it's very specific and hamilton is just chock full of that shit yeah. like their clothes like all the females clothes change mm-hmm. uh after the first act because to show the change of fashion women's fashion right instead of corsets and uh, bell things it changes to the more kind of slick silk right. slick silk stuff um and it's just slick silk silk slick 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 sex other than that <laughs> i've been working a whole lot on you know making a company a lot of my efforts gone into always fun always forming fun. a literal company uh have i done anything else oh I watched Tangled. Oh, had you never seen Tangled? Uh uh-uh. uh. We've been over that. I've never, uh, there's a okay. lot of Disney movies I haven't yeah, seen. Yeah. The music is Disney formulaic. Yeah. But the characters are fucking gold. Yes. Just everything about all the characters is wonderful. And I just, all the interactions and the way they, they 
talk and portray and and do stuff is just so much fun. Yeah. The story's pretty original, like to a to a degree. Um, yeah. I mean, it's a different take on the Rapunzel story. Yeah, it's, it's uh, but like, it's it's not a it's not as straightforward, right? Like, the the in a lot of the way the way I say straightforward is like, the villain's always the villain, not right. She has to realize that a person that she's loved the whole time is a villain. Right. That's kind of a kind of a not a new thing, but it's a rare thing. Yeah, um, and stuff like that. But again, the music is kind of formulaic, and uh, yeah, I every time they started singing, I was like, I could do without this. I'd like to watch the story continue, please. Yes. the The music doesn't. The music is formulaic in a way that like the 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 orchestration of everything, like uh, Princess and the Frog, is kind of it's not formulaic because it's very jazz and Cajun influenced, right? Um, which I loved the music in there; it was so much mm-hmm. fun. But this one is just like it feels like I'm listening to Snow White, Cinderella. Fucking all the same things. Right. It's just, I mean, it's, it's classic Disney princess movie, yeah. but just like a really good version of that. Yeah. The, the stories are really good. I, I do want to watch Brave because I feel like that would have a lot of Irish and Scot- Scottish uh, influence. Yeah. Does it? I don't remember because that movie's not at all memorable. Oh. Well, never mind. I'm not going to watch <laughs> But yeah. It's like no. bottom tier Pixar. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I would watch it again. Good. I will say that. I told that you so. Yeah, it was it was fun. I never so I'm shifting my character arc over the past like year has been like I'm never going to watch a Disney princess cuz I think they're all the same mm-hmm. to having accident having just like cuz of the circumstance watch Princess and the Frog and go, "Oh shit, they can make good stuff." Yeah. And then for me to watch Tangled and go, "Okay, both of my opinions were warranted. Both this is a great story, but also the music is formulaic." Yeah. So like, I'm like, "All right, I'll watch some good ones. I probably won't watch Brave if it's probably formulaic and not memorable. Well, Brave's, Brave's Pixar. Oh, is it? Yeah. It's not very good Pixar. But... Yeah. I didn't know that. I thought it was Disney. Okay. Yeah. Well, Disney Pixar. Yeah. She is technically a Disney princess. Yeah. But it it doesn't really feel like a Disney princess movie. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's kind of its own thing. And it's, there's some interesting concepts in there. It just didn't quite work. Yeah. Okay. Probably would have been a lot more interesting as like a mature live action movie. They could yeah. have done some more stuff with it. But Okay. Anyway. Well, that's all I've been up to. All right. Uh, let's talk about news. I want to say my news. Just watching Hamilton over and over again so you can have something new and interesting to talk about and what you've been up to. I'm reading stuff. Yeah, I'm about know. to get back into reading Wonder Woman because I have the next four volumes of New 52 stuff. All right. Um, and that stuff's written by Brian Azzarello, who wrote Batman Damned. Hey, so I'm excited about that. Also, him. I'm about to read 100, uh, 100 Bullets, which has been on my list for a long time. I don't know particularly what it's about, but essentially it's the, the, the concept is that someone gives people a case of a gun and 100 bullets, and the 100 bullets will disappear, and they will be completely untraceable. And anytime someone shows up to that crime scene, the investigation ends. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what the main story of it is or like how that plays out, but it's been on my list for a long time. It's written by fuck. Sounds like the sort of thing Ed Brubaker would do, but it, it is, it is along those lines. It's one of those top guys. Mm-hmm. Is it Enos? That also sounds like the sort of thing Garth Enos would do. Yeah. It, it's one of the big guys that's been right. on my list forever. And I went to wizards asylum, which is where I buy comics in person. If I do, I mostly buy Amazon used. Um, right. But I was there to pick up a board game for our friend group mm-hmm. to play a new one. And then I realized one of our friends has a discount 
somewhere. So we went. So I was gonna go over there and get it there. Right. Uh, but I was there already, and I didn't want to leave without doing anything. So I spent 15 minutes trying to decide if I wanted to continue a story, which story I would continue, or if I would start a new one and which one I would start. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I kind of just made the I pulled the trigger, so to speak, on 100 bullets. Uh, uh, <laughs> I'm going to shoot myself off. <laughs> <the guns. laughs> um, so, yeah, I'm going to start reading that at some point after I read Wonder Woman. But I'm kind of excited because it's an award-winning one. So mm-hmm. hopefully maybe it'll – and it's it's a thick boy. The first volume is about the size of three of Killer Be Killed volumes, and there are okay. five of them. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's a big It's a big one. Uh, but it is over, so it's not a right. continuous line. It's a contained story. So, so the Hellboy size. Yeah, I'd compare it to Hellboy. All right. Uh, so once I read that, I'll lend that to you and see if you want to. Cool. Give that a give that a gander. That was not terrible. Not great, but not terrible. I'm offended. You're about to go fucking New Zealand. I heard I like the beginning yeah. of it go New Zealand. <laughs> I find that offensive. You're disrespecting my accent there, bruv. Close enough. Moving on. News. News. I want to say my news first. Okay, so your Because news. Your, your news might also be part of... This is true. Include my news, and I want to make it seem like I pay attention to things. Uh-huh. Star Wars needs to fucking stop. What did they do this time? They announced the dates for the next three episodes, or the next three movies. It's been on the calendar for months. They announced that they were pushed back. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. 23, 25, and 27. Yep. That segues into my first thing, which is that everything has been pushed back again. Oh. Um, including Tenet. Yeah. Which I saw the word indefinitely. Let me let me go through the list which here. Which crushes my bum hole. <laughs> um, Antlers. I was excited for that, but it's just kind of an indie horror movie. Um, the Avatar sequels have been pushed back, which is... Probably, probably for the best. Yeah. Um, they're going to be coming out every two years, um, starting December 2022. So we'll get. That means there's officially a movie on the calendar for 2028. Because two four six eight. Who do we appreciate? Not James Cameron anymore. Just yeah. A lot of that goodwill that he built. When up. are we supposed to have had the third movie by now? The third what? Avatar. The third Avatar. No. When were the origi- original dates? Uh, 21. Oh, really? Three twenty five. Oh, I thought we were supposed to have them all by now. Or have a few by now. No, okay. not um, I think maybe the original original release date was 2020, uh-huh. but that had been pushed back well before the pandemic. Gotcha. Um, Mulan has been indefinitely postponed. Fuck! Yeah. Um, oh, I'm surprised Trump isn't trying to get that canceled because it's Chinese. <laughs> It was supposed to have come out yesterday. Well, because it's like, his whole thing is like China virus. Like the virus came from, I'd, yeah. I'm surprised he hasn't said, like tweeted something. It's know. something that he would do. He would tweet something off the cuff about like, oh, they should cancel Milan because it's China and we don't want to make China look good or some shit. Tell yeah. me I'm wrong. That, that seems a little tenuous even for him, but. All right. <laughs> um, yeah, it was supposed to have come out yesterday. Then it got pushed to August 21st and has now been removed entirely from the Disney release schedule. God damn it. Um, but it's done, right? Yeah, it's ready so to So it's go. gonna get released? Yeah. Fucking better. And they better not start fucking with it and ruining things. Yeah. That's what I'm worried about. Yeah, hopefully, if they do anything to it, it's just polishing the effects a little yeah. more. Yeah. Quiet Place 2. 
pushed back to April 23rd, 2021. <sighs> Fuck. That one was like a day away from coming out. It was. And I want to... Mm, the bus. The bus. The bus. <laughs> oh, I get chills just thinking about yeah. the trailer. Holy crap. Uh, we mentioned Star Wars. Um, we have three Star Wars movies coming out in Decembers of 2023, 25, and 27. We have no idea what that's supposed to be, but they need to chill for a little bit. Yeah, and it's not going to be related to this trilogy because John Boyega said he's done with the Star Wars franchise. Yeah, he's moved on. Unless it's like a hundred years later or something. Yeah. Um, Tenet has been delayed indefinitely. Um, WB Chairman Toby Emmerich has said that they're going to share a new 2020 release date. I'm betting it's going to be like December, mm. and I'm would be a little surprised if even that holds yeah but um yeah the a lot of people are pushing for them to release it on hbo max but christopher nolan's pushing back against that pretty hardcore because he makes theater movies yeah you know a lot of people they just make a movie yeah it's pretty good however you watch it christopher nolan makes a theater movie yeah it's an experience and it's it's good anywhere yeah but you don't you don't want to watch dunkirk on your on your phone phone screen with your your earbuds earbuds. yeah you you go to the theater you go to imax and yeah deafen yourself with that if you do anything at home you do you watch it on your 4k 84 screen tv 84 inch screen tv with headphones with your audio technica headphones plugged in yeah (laughs) it's the only other way to watch it yeah it's just yep so everything's good's been pushed back we aren't also that's exactly how i plan on watching dunkirk again because i have that set up (laughs) yeah and if you if you watch it again that's uh, that's how you do it um the only movie that hasn't been pushed back yet is new mutants staying strong (laughs) august 28th baby wasn't that like they're talking about releasing that on disney plus they're talking about it yeah um the director is against it shocker but yeah i would i would i would also be against it yeah but uh, at this point it is still on the release calendar just I'd give be, us something fuck i'd be very surprised if it still comes out on august 28th but man that's gonna turn into one of those cursed movies like uh um uh, the man who killed don quixote that terry gilliam tried to make for like 30 years oh yeah and then it finally came out and it was pretty mediocre apparently yeah <laughs> um there's some really fascinating behind the scenes stuff on that it's one of the things i remember from my my high school film class, which makes me pretty educated about all this stuff. Oh, so just, yeah. yeah. Like, don't even worry about it. It's oh, yeah. Not, you have I don't, such I clout. About it. Indeed. Um, <laughs> what was I saying? Uh, something about New Mutants. Um, that movie, I just it needs a chance. Yeah. Um, apparently, the first scene has been released online, and it's pretty good. I haven't seen it. I don't really like watching like a single standalone scene of movies ahead of time. Yeah. But... Um, I'm excited. I'm hopeful. Yeah. I'm pessimistic. Yeah. Um, the only other news I've got is that uh, apparently Doug Lyman and Tom Cruise are actually going forward with making a, the first movie in space. They're going to try to go to the International <sighs> Space Station. Dude, Tom Cruise, the way he's going to go... Is something in a movie about someone being launched into space, like in uh, Gravity. Mm-hmm. Except he's actually going to get launched into space. He's like, this is my final act as a human being. Yeah. Is to be launched into space for a movie. And they do it. And the director goes, fuck, we didn't get the shot. 
We just lost Tom Cruise. <laughs> and Tom Cruise being Tom Cruise, like punch a hole in his glove and use the yes. air to martian himself back up there. Uh, that's really all I got. It's a, it's a quiet news week. Yeah. I mean, when is it not? Stupid pandemic. We got to have content. literally only news we ever get is things being pushed back. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's pretty much it for news. Let's, uh, so, so DC is kind of dumb sometimes. Speaking of things always getting pushed back. Have you heard all these, we've heard all these movies that DC says they're going to do, right? There's they, a lot of them. They, they say so. We continuously say DC has announced that they're going to do so and so movie. Yep. And you and I are like, fucking release a few movies first before yeah. you say you're going to do anything. Yeah. Um, so we've been talking about doing this episode a little bit. We were going to do it last week, but we had the idea for the theme episode, which was mediocre at best. Yeah. Um, which is pretty solid for our standards. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so what we're going to do today, ignoring the movies that we know are coming out, Shazam 2, Aquaman 2, Wonder Woman 84, uh, Justice League 2 Dark Side finally shows up. No. Justice League 1.5 Dark Side probably shows up and Zack Snyder gets If they call it if they call it Justice League 1 and a half. Like fucking uh like Lion, Lion King. King. Yeah. Oh. Remember when that came out? As far as I remember that was an entertaining movie. I never saw it. Uh, I don't remember. I remember watching it. The original's pretty great. But so barring the movies that we know are happening for DC we're going to play a game called should this DC movie happen? And if not, what kind of, what kind of change should be made to make it something that should happen? Okay. That sounds like a fun game, but the title's really unnecessarily complicated. I disagree. Well, okay. (laughs) I just stare you down. So we're going to go through all the movies that DC has ever announced and it, it's two pages. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. With information. Uh, it's two pages with information. It's not just a list. Okay. And I'm going to give all the information we have about it, who was attached to do things mm-hmm. and where they are now. I've done a little bit. I've tried to look up all of them and find, I went to Wikipedia mm-hmm. and I got the information and then that hasn't been updated in about a year. Right. So I went and I did a news search for all of them to find if mm-hmm. there's any news recently about it. Only a couple of them have updates, but the rest of them have been in the dark. The so, Justice League dark, would you say? Oh, that's at the end. I know. Oh, it's not. Reference. That's actually pretty. Wait, there it is. Anyway. So we're gonna, it's alphabetical order because we need some order. Yep. Oh, God, this is going to make me so mad. <laughs> the Amazonians. Uh, this is a movie that Patty Jenkins recommended, or Patty Jenkins said she wanted to happen. Is it is Jeff Bezos' or- origin story. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's a movie that's a spinoff of Wonder Woman that yeah. follows the Amazons at Themyscira. That makes more sense. Uh, attached to it is uh, Patty Jenkins as executive producer, not the director. Right. She says she's not going to be direct it. Um, Jenkins and Jeff Johns are a writer. Okay. Are on board as writers, so we have Jeff Johns, who is a good. 
He's a good big ideas guy. His stories aren't fantastic, but he can make these cool kind of like galaxy spanning things. Right. Um, it is. It was supposed. It's said to come out after Wonder Woman eighty four, but before a third Wonder Woman movie. Okay, so it's the X Force of the Wonder Woman movies. X Force. Because X Force was supposed to come out after Deadpool two. Oh, Deadpool 3, right. But then yep. the Disney Fox merger, and who knows? Yep. Uh, in late June, uh, this and the third Wonder Woman movie, which I guess I can talk about now as well. Third uh, sequel, it's been mapped out from uh, the plot of the sequel is supposed to be present day. Mm-hmm. And the plot has been mapped out. The overarching three movie plot has been fully mapped out. Right. Uh, and But Jenkins and Gal Gadot plan on working on other projects before doing it. Okay. Um, but both of those movies have been indefinitely put on hold by Patty Jenkins with the express point of waiting to see until the pan, like how the pandemic resolves, Would you uh, say how it pans out. I was going to say that and I tried to avoid it, but I should have done it. <laughs> should have gone for it. Cause now I um, your joke. So we're going to wait. Uh, we'll get more information on that, but I'm curious to see how she will s- have the pandemic. Uh, how the pandemic resolution will play into that. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe, I mean, it, it, one of them 84 is present day. So I'm wondering if it will be a post pandemic thing and how the pandemic, not 84, but one Woman three. Uh, Wonder Woman three. Yeah. Yeah. Um, she, she has talked about, um, there was a, a really deceptive headline a few months ago that made it seem like she was going to work the pandemic into the movie when she really said something along the lines of just like, you know, the, the spirit of the times and being in the pandemic, I want to see how that's going to affect the spirit of Wonder Woman 83. Yes. Not 83. Number 84. Three. Number three. Yes. Wow. We just, too many numbers. Numbers are hard, man. Don't do that. Yeah. It's like the Xbox. They went Xbox. Then we went Xbox 360. Then they went Xbox One. Now they're Xbox Series X. You know what PlayStation did? One, two, three, four, five. One, two, three, four, five. Fucking take notes, Microsoft. Goddamn. <laughs> um... So should these movies happen? Uh, Wonder Woman 3, absolutely. Unless mm-hmm. 84 is a disaster, in which case... Eh, I don't think 84 is going to be a disaster. I would I be think very surprised if it is a At worst, 84 is going to be a mediocre movie. Yeah. I think at worst I'm we get confident. Man of Steel. Yeah. Which, that's fine. That's a fine first movie. One, I'll one. watch it again if it comes up. Yeah. Like, if, if we're going to do, like, a DC movie marathon, yeah. I'll, I'll be happy to start with that one. Yeah. And then disappointed for a while and then we get wonder woman and shazam and aquaman yeah. <laughs> um amazonians i'm sure there could be a good story told there but it feels like it'd be really easy to make it really generic and mm-hmm. just kind of boring and what if 300 but girls i think have they said it's going to be 300 but girls no because i think it could be really really interesting to play to the mythos of the of the gods because that's the thing mm-hmm. you read george perez's story and it follows Wonder Woman, but like George Perez's Wonder Woman is so heavily just Themyscira based. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a lot to be told with like the history of why Themyscira is there because they never cut that covered that in the movie. Okay, like literally, it's a whole thing about Hephaestus. Like, they kid like the, there was a whole thing where they had women. Like, the women were put there to preserve the good mankind. Mm-hmm. There's a whole bunch of reasons. There's that's one of them. Uh, there's a whole thing of the fact that like. Uh, the Amazons are what people thought the sirens were uh-huh. and attract the men have children. And then all the boys that they give birth to are sent to Hephaestus's forge. Uh-huh. 
There's like that whole thing. There's a lot to be told about this stuff. There could be a really interesting story here. Okay. And I think if they if they avoid the 300 but girls, if they do, like make them powerful, but tell the story of Themyscira. Okay. That so could like be a really interesting story. Sort of a historical. Yeah. Go back to the roots, kind of. Okay. Yeah, like way yeah. back, like Gogadot's not involved. Right. Like fucking take her out of it entirely. Have a early Hippolyta. Yeah. Like beginning of the Themyscira, tell so, that story of how the Roman gods or the Greek gods play into the th- uh, the ethos of mm-hmm. the DC movies. All right. So do we keep Robin right around, or do we cast a new lead? I think. Ooh, that's a good question. Because Amazonians don't age. Right. I think we keep Robin right around. Okay. I like her. I mean, she's yeah, she's, she's a great. Good lead. And she's yeah. a great actress. I think I think we do keep her. Yeah. I think we keep all the Amazonian characters because, like, I mean, you even look at like Wonder Woman, where you give the backstory of her, and she's like, there's like three different ages of of Gal Gadot's character mm-hmm. of Diana. I don't know why I said Gal Gadot's character like that mm-hmm. of Diana, but everyone else stays the same. Right. So just put that in a broader scale; they probably all look the same. Yeah. Um. So do something like that, or even, dude, you could. So you got someone who's really creative and has a lot of knowledge on uh the like all these different religions and stuff play into that maybe the maybe eve was the first amazonian who fucking knows that'd be controversial but kind of fun yeah <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah i think as long as they do something like that then it's a movie that should exist all right yeah i am skeptical that they'd be able to do it right yeah but i think a right version of it could exist yep uh batgirl what a disaster of a story that one's been so far uh, starting off, it was going to be Joss Whedon. Right. Who got Me Too'd. A little bit. And he got Me Too'd in 2018, early 2018. It took him until February of 2019 to step down. Right. It, he was trying to stick to it. And then the whole kind of franchise was like, hey, bye, buddy. Back off. Like, you kind of, it's not like a harsh Me Too'd where it really happened. He wasn't, yeah, he wasn't like a Harvey Weinstein. Yeah, was I was going like to say, he didn't get a, Weinstein. Kind of a, kind of a like there's some bad stuff and you've got some red on your ledger so to speak but uh maybe we'll have you direct the movie but it's not gonna be a female-led movie that would be very tone deaf tone deaf yeah so he stepped down uh right now uh screenwriter is christina hodson who did birds of prey and is doing the flash okay so cool as far as we know passable writer yeah like nothing groundbreaking uh, yeah, there was I mean, some problems with the, with the plot, but that's not really the screenwriter's job. Well, yeah, I mean, the screenwriter does just, they, for something like this, for a studio product, they just, they, they write the thing. They, it, they're, I don't know. From what I've been learning, the, there's the writer who writes the thing and the screenwriter writes how it is put on the screen. Okay. They're like, and that, that's to me, like, so you have the dialogue and stuff mm-hmm. and you, they work with the writer, like the plot is done by the writer and the screenwriter goes, okay, so we have open, like fade in. We have person on left person on right. Okay. Mo- like walk across. Like they, they kind, kind of, of write the up. blocking okay. and stuff. They're the ones who go into the, what I like to do where it's why are these things the way they are? Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's another episode with Andrew of what the screenwriter does. Hey, Andrew, come explain. Our is that a backup? Did we do the, the cinema, oh, the cinematography and the sound design were real episodes. Yes. Not backups. Okay. So we could do another one of those. We can do a screenwriter thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they are looking for a female director. Good. Keep that shit going. I think, I don't know if Patty Jean, I don't know if the Wonder Woman vibe fits with the Batgirl vibe. No. Yeah. 
and you don't want Patty Jenkins doing all of your movies. She's gonna get yeah, that. that's a <laughs> yeah. Get someone, get someone new. Um, like well, the Eternals got uh, what's her name, uh, Kathy Zhao, um, who did a really highly regarded critical independent movie called The Rider a few years uh-huh. ago. Um, gosh, I'm really I'm blanking on her name. Um, I'm mixing her up with Kathy Yan, who did something else, but I think Kathy Yan did Birds of Prey. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Kathy ended Birds of Prey and it's maybe it's Chloe Zhao. Maybe. Did the writer and is doing Eternals. Okay. Um, yeah. Find, find someone that's done a good independent movie. Yeah. Uh, there's nothing else about Batgirl except for the fact that maybe Keaton is involved with that one. Mm. There isn't confirmation. It's very like very basically the reason that's kind of rumored is because Michael Keaton was rumored to be involved in the flash and they were like, Hey, maybe we can use him for the Batgirl movie too. Mm -hmm. So, that take that with a salt mine. Yeah. Um, what does that phrase come from? Take it with a grain of salt. Like why, why do you take something that shouldn't really be taken too seriously with a grain of salt? It's a great question. Do, cause, cause the thing I say, take it with a salt mine means like really take well, it with a grain of salt. Grains of salt. But like, is it, is it supposed to be, should it actually be take it with a very, very tiny grain of salt? Like you want to take it less salty or more salty? What's the origin of that phrase? Have I been saying take it with a salt mine? But like. People know what you mean. Yeah. That's the important thing. I don't know. Someone who's more motivated than I am right now. Do the do the actual right. research. Look up that idiom and let us let us know in the yeah. comments or on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram or Gmail. Or- so should this movie exist? I'm going to say no. Okay. As it stands, just a Batgirl movie with what we have so far, I'm going to say no. It's okay. You don't have the, like, especially with the turmoil of what's going on with Batman right now would be mm-hmm. whiplash of like, oh, now there's just this Batgirl and sticking. And I think an element of Batgirl is tied to Batman. Mm-hmm. You need a solid Batman, even though she's not quote the terrible show batman with heels at all she's still like her dad is still the commissioner and she plays into that where she's got to keep it from her dad yeah who works closely with batman and if we don't know who the batman is and we don't know who the gordon is then how do you do that and i think it's put this away don't just unannounce the bat say the batgirl movie's not happening yeah like i get that you want like a powerful young girl movie mm-hmm. for like the younger like younger audience but yeah she's a character that doesn't make sense outside of the context of that particular world mm-hmm. you can tell a great story with her within that world yeah. it's like just it's her and her doing her thing but you need that that world and that dynamic for it yeah. to make sense unless you completely rewrite her and do something yeah. very different which is risky yeah and that that can be like a catch-all like any movie that can't have that shouldn't happen you could just completely rewrite the entire character and maybe yeah, it could happen could just, but yeah you could just make it like a batman movie but make it a yeah. batgirl instead uh what needs to change to make it happen um solidify your bat family yeah so get a couple of good solo batman movies out there maybe this gotham city police department show mm-hmm. that they're thinking about doing pans out and turns out pretty good introduce batgirl yeah yeah should start just adding to it yeah all right blue beetle blah, blah. uh gareth dunnett alcoser what gareth do i don't know but he done it 
I don't think he'd done a whole lot. Okay. I think he's kind of a new guy. I don't recognize the name. He's on names. for producer, and Zev Foreman is on for executive producer. I don't care who the producers are. Producers Still going to say it. Producers are meaningless. Yeah. I'm just saying who's like been whose name has been dropped. All right. Because if it's like Zack Snyder, then I just... I'm immediately going to say no. <laughs> um, yeah. That's all we got. Okay. Um, I think it should happen right. on the basis that he is a very independent character. Like, if you're going with Jaime Reyes, he's a very independent character. Dude, they can even introduce the whole shit with uh, uh, Wonder Woman 84. Because Maxwell Lord shoots the original Blue Beetle in the head. And this seems to be going like the route, like I said, of, of like, that's the same story Wonder Woman snaps Lord's head, neck. So have that. Okay. Do something where it's like, oh, there's this blue beetle guy. He's like Ted Cord. He's super rich. Kind of like Batman. And like Wonder Woman's like, oh, I haven't really seen much about him. Like Cord Industries, I think, has been referenced in the, in the movie. So that's okay. established. Um, just have him be like, yeah, I'm the blue beetle. Like I've been doing things like super small. And like I want to be a superhero and get yeah. shot in the head. And then Wonder Woman snaps his neck. And then, then you go to this like fucking post-credit scene of wonder woman this like kid in new mexico that's just like oh hey like that guy was kind of cool and then he gets the scarab and job opening job opening yeah (laughs) um do something like that because he's very isolated he's also a latino character Mm -hmm. we need a bit more of those Mm -hmm. we need any of those i don't think we have any latino superheroes yet in movies um uh, there was Scorpion in Into the Spider Verse. Yeah, he spoke Spanish. That doesn't count. It's easy enough to make. Hell- Hellboy, Hellboy fought a luchador in the opening scene. Oh, don't even. <laughs> Fuck you. Come <laughs> Um, this needs to happen. Purely f- like, if not purely for the, uh, uh, racial diversity of mm-hmm. DC. Um than also because blue beetle's a good character it's a like he's the classic not really classic he's a superhero that's being controlled by something that he kind of has control over but the controlled thing just wants to destroy everything but he has a good heart kind of thing okay it's a good story that can be told with him the yeah the dynamic between him and the scarab yeah we haven't seen that in a little while yeah the control control well enchantress and suicide squad i guess but yeah that doesn't really count well but that's if she lets enchantress take over enchantress is the one in charge right the blue beetle like he can stop it even when the blue beetles like when his suit's on mm-hmm. stuff like that so it's a little but i see what you're saying like right. that the conflict between good and evil in a person a good yeah. heart with an evil entity yeah i don't know anything about blue beetle but um he sounds like he's unique enough you could just you could you don't even have to connect it necessarily you could yeah. you could totally go with your yeah. plan but you could also it sounds like you could just do a little one-off hey there's this guy he's he's blue he likes beetles yeah likes beetles yeah they could be like an entomologist (laughs) yep he definitely isn't that i know of he's a literally a high schooler like he's a kid yeah yeah so like i'd be a good like stumbles into it yeah Yeah. um booster gold uh there was oh wait yeah so blue beetle should happen okay we're on board with that booster gold basically the whole thing was blue uh blue beetle and booster gold we're gonna have a buddy cop thing Okay. So, could happen. They're very dyna- dynamic, like, very different and dynamic characters. They're pretty interesting characters. So, you deal with Blue Beetle's 
do his solo movie mm-hmm. and then you do this thing. Um, and I'll get into it. Uh, it's Greg Berlanti, this producer. I've heard the name. CW. Oh, that's right. He's that's responsible why. for that. Uh, Greg Stentz uh, is on board, uh, was said to be the scriptwriter, and he did Thor and First Class. So some pretty good movies. Solid. Solid movies. Not groundbreaking. First Class is pretty good. Yeah. But so, like, he can write yeah. a script. Um, it was supposed to have no connective tissue to other films, except for the fact that it says buddy, film, buddy cop film with connections to Justice League. So it sounds like they don't really know what they want to do with it in terms of connection. I don't think they know what they want to do with any of these. They just want to throw everything at the wall and see what sticks. Um, I have this whole paragraph. The script has been completed, was completed by March, 8, March 2018. According to Berlanti, production would begin once Warner Brothers decides where to place it within the slate of films. Mm-hmm. In May of 2019, Stentz reaffirmed that the film was still awaiting the green light for Warner Brothers. Okay. So the movie exists. Warner Brothers just needs to decide to do it. Right. Which I think is also dependent on if Blue Beetle is going to do it. Right. So, um, I think this could be interesting. The thing about, uh, so. So who's Booster Gold anyway? Yeah, we've covered the whole Blue Beetle, what his whole deal is. So he's an interesting character. Booster Gold is this guy from the 25th century, uh, who has time travel stuff. And he knows what the 21st century looks like. He has, uh, Skeets is his little guy that -hmm. follows him around. It's like a robot guy that follows him around. And he has all of the historical records for the 21st, 25th century. Okay. So everything he does, he's like, wait, what's supposed to he, like his goal is that he wants to make money. Mm-hmm. He is the corporatized superhero. Okay. So he wants to know like, oh, okay. So there's this big battle going to happen in five days. I'm going to go there and get involved with it and get recognized as being the hero and get corporate sponsorship. Mm-hmm. Like his whole thing is he's got like stickers of companies all over his suit. Okay. Um, so he is a very different character from Blue Beetle. And I think that could be a really interesting dynamic. So you've got a guy who's like got a good heart, but he's struggling with himself and he's trying to get this just kind of cynical cash out guy to like yeah. do some good in the world. And, and okay. I think they could even play with the fact that uh, the Beetle doesn't want to be outed as being an alien. Uh-huh. So he's like, he's doing everything through Jaime Reyes. So them that whole deal being next to booster gold that's trying to attract all this attention. Like uh, there could be a really interesting thing that blue beetle is getting involved in something mm-hmm. that will turn out to be big, mm-hmm. but it's something like he's trying to take down a mob boss that maybe killed his mom or something woman in a fridge. Uh, and he wants to take down this mob boss, but booster gold has the history that that ordeal turns into a global attention-grabbing thing. Mm-hmm. Jaime Reyes doesn't know that. The Beatle doesn't know that. But then Booster Gold shows up, and he's like, hey, I'm gonna, I want to do this whole fucking thing because this is going to be a big deal. And then maybe the Beatle hears Booster Gold say something along the lines of, like, this is going to be a global thing. And the Beatle goes, fuck, we got to stop now. And then there's Jaime that's just like, no, justice. Mm-hmm. So then you have three battling dynamics of how to actually like deal with this yeah 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 look at me being all creative yeah go booster gold all right so assuming it's that exact story and nothing different it should happen otherwise mm. (laughs) i I think those characters can be really interesting it's fully contingent on how well blue beetle is characterized yeah because if it's a bland character 
then I don't trust that that bland character is going to play is going to have enough interesting dynamic relationship with booster gold. Yeah. Fair enough. So, All right. so that's the thing. Uh, cyborg Fisher has expressed his desire for Snyder to direct the film. It was scheduled to be released in April 3rd, 2020. That's all we know. What? They came and went. Yeah. That much fanfare. Yep. Hmm. Should a cyborg movie happen? Probably not. No. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of in the same. I honestly, okay, this is a little weird. This is kind of mean. I don't like Ray Fisher anymore because he's so much on Zack Snyder's side. Mm-hmm. Like, I think he has too much of a personal relationship with Zack Snyder. Like, dude, Zack Snyder might be a great guy to work with. Mm-hmm. Like, I have no evidence in the contrary that he's a like that he's a director that cares about his actors and that he like is a good person to work with. And that might be why Ray like Ray Fisher's a newish actor. Yeah. That may be all he has. Like his big experience with big Hollywood is Zack Snyder being a great dude. And that's kind of clouding his fact that Zack Snyder does not know how to really run a franchise. Yeah. And so whenever Zack, whenever with, with him, I think we, I think my idea of a cyborg movie can happen if it's not Ray Fisher. Cause if Ray Fisher's on board, he could even lobby to have Zack Snyder and he can use that as his negotiation, getting Zack Snyder back, ruining the movie. Yeah. So basically to me, it's just like, we need to get rid of Ray Fisher, bring in someone else. The cyborg and doom patrol is actually pretty good. Okay. Maybe ring him out. Sure. Like use the flashpoint thing to bring him out of the DC universe yeah, and put him in the cyborg stuff, movie. Yeah. Um, definitely better effects because this, the doom patrol just looks like cardboard mask on his face. Right. Um, but yeah, no, I, that's my condition for thinking that wonder, that wonder woman, that cyborg should happen. Yeah. Yeah, I I just I don't know how interested I am to see another hey, he's got a robot suit movie. Yeah. We've seen a lot of those in the past few years. There's also so a dynamic they could play with is is the losing the humanity. Right. Um they played it a little bit, but Zack Snyder <laughs> going back to Hamilton. Zack Snyder had this broad thing with all these characters with their all all their own unique stories and stuff and condensed it down. But instead of doing what Lin-Manuel Miranda was able to do, where he was condensed it down into one line and it still gets the whole story mm-hmm. or he cuts out things that really don't affect the story. He cut things. Right. So we get like a half scene of cyborg conflicted with robot and human yeah. act two and three doesn't fucking influence it. Yeah. Like he's just, Oh, I'm just a robot. I'll destroy everybody. Yeah. It's just, it's surface. It's just, Saying yeah. something for the sake of having saying it. There's no consequences. Yeah. And I think that's that's one of the most interesting things about the new 52 cyborg is his whole thing with wanting to retain his humanity. Mm-hmm. There's actually an example uh, between Justice League War and the new 52 Justice League. Justice League Volume 1 Origins mm-hmm. is just straight up adapted into animated movie Justice League War. Okay. In the comic, they need to go down and do something underwater. And Silas Stone says, hey, I can replace your lungs. It'll make you not have to breathe underwater. And he goes, no, I want my lungs because I want to retain elements of my humanity. Mm -hmm. I will just have have a tank. And he's like, fine. In the movie, they completely change that where he's like, hey, just take my lung out. I'm not human anyway anymore. Hmm. But both of them still play that theme of losing humanity amid the machine. 
And then when Forever Evil comes around, that is really like that payoff is huge because his robot suit actually detaches itself from his human body Mm -hmm. to become grid. It's this part of the computer that's been sitting idle, ready to like, it came over with the Alfred Pennyworth from our three and made it to cyborg. And it's been sitting there dormant waiting for the time to detach himself. And that is a fucking great payoff to that whole Mm -hmm. conflict where, holy shit, uh, there is a separation between, my human and my machine as much as I didn't want to, the machine took over mm-hmm. and that's a really interesting story. You can play with that, like play with that, that theme of like, where the fuck am I? I'm saying theme a million times. You're just excited about themes now. Yeah. I mean, that's good. I should be cause I'm writing shit. Um, yeah. where is my humanity and wh- where does, where does, where does Vic stone end and cyborg begins? Right. Play with that. That can be a really interesting story. But Zack Snyder can't fucking pull that off. <laughs> I don't think Zack Snyder has enough nuance to be able to do that. No. Um, I'm back on board. I like I like the things you're saying. One condition. Arnold Schwarzenegger has to co-star. <laughs> what? As Terminator. <laughs> <laughs> he makes an appearance. Just like... I'll oh, be I'm Terminator just, 7 <laughs> coming to theaters. He June just, 2023. That's the post credit scene. And he just steps in and says that. And then leaves like, <laughs> what? <laughs> but yeah. So, you know, obviously don't have to go with the grid. Also, there is the problem. The fact that cyborg hasn't really had a standalone series. He's yeah. been in the teen Titans and the justice league. All of his enemies are communal enemies. Yep. Um, make a new one. Make That's what I'm saying. It's like, yeah, okay, that, like, let's say, yeah, make a new one. Like hell change grid to not be the, um, the crime syndicate guy mm-hmm. just make grid the computer that becomes self-sentient or self-aware mm-hmm. and wants to eject itself from the human and become its own thing. Mm-hmm. Do that. Sure. Make himself the enemy or, or cyborg versus terminator versus predator versus aliens. The movie versus monsters. No versus King Kong versus Godzilla King of monsters three jaws coming to you 2027 heck yes <laughs> someone can someone whoever is the gauge or uh nick nick is working his way through he's in episode like 41 right now or mark whoever listens can you go back and type that whole thing out and send it to me so that i know what that is <laughs> just so that there can be something some payoff to that eventually yep <laughs> go back and write that down so we're on board with Cyborg under those conditions. Okay. Cool. Uh, Deadshot. Will Smith left the role uh, due to scheduling uh, conflicts. Yikes. And Idris Elba was the one who came in. Remember that? Oh, a yeah. while ago. Idris Elba came in to replace him in the, in the Suicide Squad, the new mm-hmm. one. Uh, but the character was actually written up in this new team, out, uh, team up film so that Smith can reprise the role when he has a chance. Okay. But given that everything's been put on hold... Maybe he'll be written back into the script. Maybe so. Because everything's all herky-jerky, wibbly-wobbly, timey-fuck. Right. <laughs> That's how that phrase goes, right? Yeah. Um, should a Deadshot movie happen? Um, the Yes, if it's a different version than the one we got in Suicide Squad. Because that one's like a... He's a very comic booky. He's... Um, you know, you can kind of toss him in with the team and he's like, yeah. he's got his one dimension of skills and then kind of some interesting character stuff you can play with. 
But if you want to do a solo movie with him, like, it, it's hard for a character that's trait is that he shoots real good to be the main guy. He's a he, great villain, like in a yeah, or like a um a supporting character, like in Daredevil three. Uh huh. Um. But you know, just, I think skeptical. You could, yeah, no, I total. I'm on board, yeah, with that, with what you say, yeah. Yeah, you could do probably a more grounded version mm-hmm. where he's just like he's a really good shot, ex-military, um, and he and he can do like a ricochet shot, but not like a doing 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 shot. Like yeah, like, like if he knows that pulled it off, yeah, but he admits that there's some luck involved, yeah, um, and he just like he gets pulled into this world of mercenaries and whatever. So. Two things about him. Um, one is that <laughs> the group or the Snapchat, our Snapchat group just started lighting up. So now I got to, my phone is in my hand because I have my notes in there. So it's going to be distracting me. Yep. Um, one is that he does have some really interesting character uh, dilemmas. It's, it's the anti-hero thing. He does care about his daughter. The reason he's a villain yeah. at this point is because Amanda Waller is threatening his family. Right. No. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not saying he's a one dimensional character. I'm saying yeah, no, like yeah. his, his super heroic slash slash villainy aspect is pretty flat. Yeah. I mean, uh, so what I'm saying is like, maybe there could even be, a, it's an origin dead, uh, dead shot. Maybe mm-hmm. show that one time that, Oh no. Cause they, like, yeah. but that one, like have him be uh, like Punisher where he w- served in the military. Cause I don't mm-hmm. remember if he served in the military. So the new 52 did have a dead shot, most wanted one shot thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, she, they did that for Katana and for him. Yes. Katana. It wasn't new 52. Sorry. It was the rebirth. They did a most wanted thing where it was just okay. two volumes, one following each of them. Um, so I don't know how they, how DC plays him as a solo character, but um, the other thing that I was going to say, oh, is that he, it, they kind of adjusted it recently to be less of like pure skill, but more of gadgetry. Like he's got the, the laser eye thing that he can kind of like that the computer does it for him. That sh- shows him where to shoot. And if t- it tells him that millimeter to shoot, he can still hit that because he is a great shot. Right. But the computer is saying shoot it there because it will hit this other place. Right. Um, so you could do that where it is luck. It, he's like, they're like, oh, he's the best shot ever. It's like, nah, my computer's the best shot ever. I'm just good. Yeah. Um, something like that. You could do that where it is grounded, but a little bit of comic stuff. Like if you got Batman fucking like with all the shit that he had, like reconstructing the bullet and yeah. people bought it in that. Yeah. You can do something along the lines where he's got a computer that just like, like laser, like red dot scopes are essentially, it shines a laser on a certain spot on the ground only in your scope. Right. Um, I think I just realized how that happens. It shines a laser that's beyond our vision thing. Right. And then it converts it. I never really thought about, it. I never tried to think about it. It's not that right. I didn't know. I just didn't right. try to think about it, but it's something like that where it shines a laser and then he, and then his computer deciphers where the laser goes and he knows exactly mm-hmm. And then you could have it be one of those things where, like, he does follow people for a, a year mm-hmm. to find their exact pattern and then make the perfect shot that yeah. he will never get caught. That's something. You could do a movie where it follows 
fuck now i'm wanting to do a a movie or something where it does follow someone who does that Mm -hmm. but every step of the way of that tracking you get a little bit of inside of his backstory of like why he's doing certain things and kind of like elements of oh hey i'm watching this guy eat dinner at this restaurant which is where i met my wife and suddenly flashback to him meeting his wife and like stuff like that just Mm -hmm. little bits like that might not be the most compelling and action-packed film but i think deadshot could be a non-action-packed film yeah maybe one shot fired ever and that's like the end like and it's but it's him (laughs) it's it's him right lock is literally just a dude sitting in a car talking on the phone yeah if you can make that good, you can make anything good. <laughs> no, I, yeah, I, I, okay. I like the pitch you've laid out. I still don't think they should do it because I don't think they would do that. And I think they would, the way they would do it would not be interesting. That's fair. I think yeah. the way that it would be done in a Hollywood setting would not be interesting. Yeah. So, 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 so we're on board if it's exactly the way I said it would be, but it's unlikely. So we're not on board. Yep. Which is kind of how most of these are going to go. I have a proposition. Okay. We just covered one, two, three, four, five, six. Okay. I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen more to go. Okay. Wanna split this up into several parts? Because yes. we are at an hour. Yes. <laughs> and we are getting a lot more discussion out of these than I thought we would, which mm-hmm. is great because that means good episode. Yeah. Um okay, so so we can do... We're at an hour and five minutes. So yeah. we can do like roughly six. So we can do... Six, seven, eight per episode. Yeah. Um. Yeah. yeah. Get two more episodes out of this. Cool. Fuck yeah. We don't have to be creative about things. Well, we have to be creative about these things, but we don't have to come up with episodes. Right. Look at this. Woo. Look at us stretching the, the very thin <laughs> amount of ideas we have. <laughs> okay. Well, then, so we have... What movies did we say we were on board with them just existing? Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say let's let's rank those six movies from on board with as it is to how much work they would need to change. Okay. So um, remind me of the six. Just list them out. Amazonians, Batgirl, Blue Beetle, Booster Gold, Cyborg, and Deadshot. Okay. I think the Blue Beetle is the most likely. Okay. And would require the less work because they can actually tell a good story with the character that exists. Yes. So that's one. That's the that's the number one of this one. I agree. Um, I would say Cyborg. Okay. Well, part of the conditions was not having Ray Fisher. That's a pretty hefty condition, especially for a movie in it's, this world. Yeah. Let's, um, let's say no Zack Snyder and maybe we can get a, get around it because they're kind of moving away from him. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think Amazonians, I kind of trust Patty Jenkins and Jeff Johns to maybe tell an interesting story. Okay. As long as they haven't said explicitly in real life 300 but with girls. Right. I think that's a little less of a stretch. Right. So I think Amazonians is number two. Okay. To I'd, put Cyborg at number three. I'd put Cyborg above Amazonians. Okay. So... Two I'd or actually, three. I would actually also put Booster Gold above. Amazon. Really? Okay. I was going to say Booster Gold next because it, it, it th- that is quite contingent on Blue Beetle being one a thing and also successful. Right. So I think it adds a little bit more of like a barrier to happening mm-hmm. because of that. So okay. So kind of three, four, five. So th- those three. Yeah. Those three are somewhere in there. In yeah. The, that range. Uh, number five is 
Deadshot or Batgirl? I'd take Deadshot. I'd take Deadshot, too. Like, it's a more interesting... Like, Batgirl is just a much harder... You need to make other movies happen. Yeah. Like, you got to reestablish that. If Batman hits the ground running and they put out a couple of good movies, mm-hmm. Batgirl shoots up to the top of that yeah. list. But but for as where we stand right now, Deadshot yeah. would be a better one. Okay. This was a good episode. This was productive. Yeah. And DC, we actually get... Check this out. Yeah. Your problems. Hell yeah. No. You know what? Fuck DC. We're going to wait until REM Productions. REM Productions' long-term goal is to buy Warner Media, and I become the chief creative officer of DC Entertainment. I'm going to bookmark this fucking episode, and I'm going to come back. Like It's going to be in 10 years. <laughs> Bold Ambitious. to think this. 10, uh, ten years we are going to buy uh, Warner Media, and <laughs> they are not going to have touched any of these because we know how apparently they're working. Right. And then I will be, hey, guys, you remember all these movies we talked about doing? They talked about doing? We're going to do them, and they're going to be good. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Anyway, all that said, um, shoust we. Let's shoust. Thanks, everyone, for listening to the first and what's apparently going to be a bit of a series of us going through the planned DC projects Uh and saying whether they're a good idea or not. you can let us know on Facebook where we actually, you can find this podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, and Podbean. Those are our places. Um, we d- uh, bear in mind. Bear in bear, mind. Where? Bear. In, in your mind. mind. Ah! <laughs> bear in mind that um, things might change. It might, you might see co- quality entertainment go missing in replacement with REM Productions. We're doing social media uh, consolidation. Do not be alarmed. Do not be alarmed if the Justice Lose... No, the Justice Lose Facebook page might stay, might not. Just don't don't be concerned that Justice Losers is going to go missing. Justice Losers is staying its own thing. Yep. Uh, it is going... To me, it's a, it's kind of a flagship. Yep. Um, it's not the flagship, because hopefully our flagship is a short film that wins a big festival. Yeah. Um, but uh justice losers branding is not like the logo might change but justice losers is staying mm-hmm. and gonna continue trucking along we will never stop we will never stop this we might actually get podcast. better <laughs> whoa what a concept am i gonna have to put work into this <laughs> uh we're on facebook you can let us know there um if you can find us um what which of these movies you would like to see um or how you would like to see these movies done uh, you can let us know on Twitter if you want to distill your thoughts down to 140 characters and make them substanceless and just kind of ranty. Um, we're at Justice Losers Pod for the time being. We're apparently on Instagram at Justice Losers Pod, but I don't know if I'd believe us on that because we're really, never really there. Uh, we have a Gmail, Justice Losers Pod at gmail.com. That's probably another good place to send your, your thoughts on these movies. If you post them on Facebook, people will make fun of you and it'll be in public and you'll be very sad about it. We wouldn't want that. So what you should do is you should send them to justusloserspod at gmail.com. Let us know if uh, you want to see a Blue Beetle movie. Let us know if you have a way that they could do Batgirl without tying into the Batman universe at all. I don't know. I'm intrigued. Um, tell us where the idiom, take it with a grain of salt, comes from, because I'm intrigued. Yeah, we need to know the truth about that. Also, tell us what that fucking name of that movie was. Right. I don't know what you're talking about. The long yes. one with the King of Monsters. Oh, that yes. Bit. Yeah. Uh, someone transcribed that for us. Um, what else do we have? We have a Patreon where you can give us money. Sorry, 
already been rebranded. That is no longer Ari or Justice League. That is now the Ari Productions Corporation. Okay. Uh, yeah. So if you can, you want to throw money at that, then we we've got stuff coming down the pipe. So invest. Get on the ground floor. Maybe we'll get a T-shirt someday. Cool. Cool. Um, so anywhere else we are? We have a YouTube channel. Um, no, we don't. No, we don't. We're, we're closing our YouTube channel and consolidating to the RN production. We no longer have a YouTube channel. I'm going to take it off the episodes chart thing. Go, yeah, I'll, I'll actually tweet the link. Okay. Um, go follow the RN Productions link. All right. Yeah, go check out RN Productions on YouTube. Um, that's uh, that's us now. That's our evil that's corporate overlords. An announcement about all the social media stuff, where, where, where it's handed and stuff. Right. Um, yeah. So join me in welcoming our new corporate overlords, REM Productions. Which is owned by me. It's owned I by am our Preston, corporate yeah. overlord. <laughs> You're my co- corporate overlord. <laughs> all right. Uh, I think I've said all the things I'm supposed to have said at this point in the episode. So thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye.